0: If everybody behaved from that place of, uh, of fearlessness and, and generosity and boldness and playfulness, like, the world would be a far better place than it is.
1: Welcome to the Egg Factory. I'm Diane. And I'm Shara. And today we're joined by a special guest, Lisa Rowland. She's a professional improviser in the Bay Area. She does workshops and she acts.
2: So, I was really excited to learn what improv actually is from Lisa.
1: And we also talk a little bit about gender in improv. Enjoy this episode! See ya!
2: Yeah. Can you describe or define doing improv?
0: Man, that's a big question. <laughs> what is doing improv? I mean, I feel like improv is
1: everywhere now, but people who haven't encountered a lot of improv are like, yeah, people
0: just like go on stage and like Like make make off-colored jokes. (laughs) Right, right. And it's like stand-up comedy and uh, randomness. Yeah. And it is not that. Yeah. So many, so many places to start in that question. What is doing improv? So for me, the things that I love about doing improv are engaging with your own imagination and the imaginations of your partners in a way that builds a, that builds a story or that builds a world. So the jobs of an improviser are to like make choices and make sense of things and react and, and uh storytell, like mm-hmm. tell tell stories. Sometimes those stories are a little little and joke-based, right? So sometimes they're just these little, like, one-liners almost, and sometimes they're longer and more serious and not funny at all. Um, But the process of coming together and creating something, creating a a moment or a world or a story where there was nothing, Mm -hmm. that's doing improv.
1: I also feel like there's two schools of improv. There's, like, the performing improv, Mm -hmm. and then there's, like, improv in life. yeah. This will improve your life. This will improve your business relationships. Yeah, and everything and, and I,
0: personal relationships. Yeah, and your mood. Yeah, and like <laughs> the way you make choices.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you teach performance improv at Stanford, but a lot of what you teach is just like improv in life. Yeah, mirror.
0: I actually have a. Um, I teach this r- retreats that are three day retreats called Improv Wisdom every day, and. It's about that. It's like come together. It's it kind of co- combines mindfulness and improv and looks at the ways that Im- the practice of improvisational principles may- make you a happier person. Somebody asked me why I do that. Like, why do you do, why do you teach? And the answer kind of, that kind of came to me was that I believe that when we when we behave according to the principles of improvisation, of paying attention, being generous, being playful, saying yes, making your partner look good, taking care of each other, engaging. We are behaving as the best versions of ourselves. Like I think mm. that we are called to a higher way of of walking on earth, you know, with with everybody else that that if everybody behaved from that place of uh, of fearlessness and and generosity and boldness and playfulness, like the world would be a far better place than it is to live, yeah. and so it's. I'm a, I'm a performer, but I'm a firm believer in the life skills of improvisation.
1: And you get paid as a company member. I yeah. didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. The first time I got paid for an improv show. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? This is what I want to do. Anyway, this is it. I get paid for this. this great. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Yeah, it's totally wild. It's in, it's amazing.
1: And then like you kind of started your a few of your own little. Yeah.
0: Groups. So then. Yeah. So I started. So I started an awkward dinner party with Dave Dennison, and we're a three person improv improv show a two-person group and then we invite a we invite a a guest to play with like we're doing
2: right now yeah
0: Yeah. two-person podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) invite a guest egg to join the factory um (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway uh yeah so it started that i started playing with a group called improv playhouse of san francisco which is a a subset of bats players really i mean like those are the people that i play with and then um, i love that
2: it's called playing with
0: yeah, I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. And that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. it's it's cool because it's a job that you, you can't really do it if you're not having a good time. Yeah. I've never put my finger on that before. I'm not sure there are other jobs that are like that. Or there aren't many, right? Where it's yeah. like, if you lose the joy, you can't do it yeah. anymore. Like, you're... It's done. You're, that's, like, a, a vital part of it. It's one of your first duties as an improviser is to have fun. Yeah. And to be fun to play with.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been in that situation where you or someone you've been playing with lost the joy?
0: Where somebody I've been playing with has lost yeah. the joy? or you. There, I feel like there have been nights. There have been nights. There have been shows where it's like, that just wasn't any fun. Mm-hmm. You know, for one reason or another. Stuff's going on. Or, or it feels like somebody that I'm playing with is like, are you even having a good time? Like, what's going on it seems like a chore but it but not for good I feel like if mm-hmm. I ever got into a place where I was like dreading going to the theater for a show or like oh, I wish I could just stay home it'd be like time to take a b- bunch of time off yeah. yeah that'd be the worst yeah that would be the <laughs> that would be the worst because right now of all of the jobs that I do the one that I'm never bummed about having to do is perform yeah like even after a, an insane week you know where I'm like mm-hmm. all I want is a night off it's like oh but I get to play on Friday and that feels like a little vacation,
1: yeah, it's
0: awesome. You, yeah, it's like you get to come together with brilliant people who have made it their jobs to be really good at playing. Like, 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 remember when you were a kid and you played with your friends, and like there were yeah. some friends you had better times playing with or whatever. Yeah. So those kids spend their whole life, <laughs> they grow up, and they just get better and better at playing with you. Like oh that's my what gosh. that's where they've put their attention. Yeah, the pl- imagine the play that would be possible. If you're working with, like, adults who've been working on playing well for 30
1: years. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know how. I mean, I feel like there are some um, people who criticize the improv mindset and, like, why are you always saying yes? Because,
0: like, some things aren't going to work. Right. Like, you need to say no or, like, whatever. It's, like, not always sunny and happy and we can't always just joyfully accept each other's ideas. And that's, of course, true. But I feel like there's a – the practice of – saying yes the practicing saying yes leads you to a place where a you're willing to entertain the ideas for longer than than you might otherwise and b you're you're looking for what you can say yes to i'm thinking
2: like my baseline i'm a scientist Mm -hmm. or like trying to be one
1: but also an improviser at heart i feel
2: yeah thanks shara (laughs) yeah but like the scientist baseline is saying no all the time Mm -hmm. so i think that even if obviously you can't say yes all the time you can shift the baseline of what yeah. you're you
0: know, what you're doing so science and improv have a, lot of, uh, have a lot in common in some ways which is that right for for scientists who are experimenting who are looking to discover something whatever it is some mm. some aspect of something it's like you're you've always got to embark on a journey and not know how it's going to how it's going to end up. And you've got you've always got to kind of be willing to toss your idea if it looks like it's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. And try something new and not get attached to the results and like o- like approach something with curiosity. Yeah. So there's I think there's so much overlap actually between science and improv even though improvisers say yes and and it's a it's a less free form structure that mm-hmm. scientists have to work under but but the process that I think we go through is similar, actually, in terms of yeah. like, well, you know, your job is to try something and see what happens, mm-hmm. you know, and then take that piece of information and then take a next step and see what happens then. And at every step, be, be willing to shift, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the not whole being idea attached
2: that to things too much. Things yeah. Like that.
0: Yeah. Not being attached to the outcome or how, what, you know, it's like so many scientific discoveries or mistakes. Yeah. Right. Like so, all of them. Like pretty all pretty of them. Much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the so so that's the other thing is that in improv, we say mistakes are gifts because they so often take us to places that were unexpected and delightful and can can shape a, an interaction or a scene or a story or whatever. And I feel like the exact same thing is true in mm-hmm. science. And so we both need to hone that skill of noticing what's there and finding the value in what's there rather than just noticing whether my idea worked or not. You know.
2: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm curious for both of you how, like, practicing improv has changed your personal relationships. Like, are you just doing improv all the time with all the people that you meet?
0: Well, everybody is. Yeah. Because when was the the last time you scripted a conversation that you would have with one of your friends?
2: You know? I mean, usually.
1: (laughs) 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 She has her typed notebook. (laughs)
0: Um, It's like, you know, this is what... We do is, and then there's people who we can talk to easier, hmm. and have more fun when we are in conversation with yeah. them, and those are, become our friends. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then there's people who are it's harder to have conversation with, and they generally don't become our friends. Maybe.
2: Does it make it easier for you to have conversations with more people?
0: Yes, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Do you?
1: Yeah, I think it's just made it a lot easier to play with people and to just like go along with their their. Uh, their stories and jokes and ideas and and riff off of that but but i don't think i use it as much as i should i still uh still say no a lot (laughs) i'm just thinking
2: about um your gummy bear
1: (laughs) it is like people just are we're not playful at this conference at all they're like so serious And I did not have a professional demeanor whatsoever. (laughs) Like, I just don't have that. (laughs) And so there's like a bowl of gummy bears that were were snacks for all the adults. And I was like, with a couple of the other journalists, and I was like, gummy bears! (laughs) <laughs> Look, these gummy bears have escaped because they're like a couple that have fallen off of the bowl. Right. Yeah. And they and it fell flat. He was like, uh, "You know where gummy bears are made?" And I was like, "Candyland." <laughs> He's like, "No, Bonn,
0: Germany." <laughs> I was like, okay. you're like, "Oh, I see. Okay, okay, great. Thank you. Cool, cool. You're uh, interested in playing. That's cool. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It's. That moment of, like, those Bunkai members have escaped and being around people who are not used to playing. Like, I know that feeling so well because I feel like this is another thing that improvisers will do is they'll, like, build stories kind of spontaneously or they'll, like, riff on an idea for, like, way longer than the average human being. I yeah. think they'll, like, stick with it and, like, well, let me explore that idea, right? Like, yeah. where are they going and why do the gummy bears want to get away and what are their friends saying back in the bowl and are they jealous? You know, like, yeah. you kind of start to pick apart all of the, like, all of the implications of this funny little idea that that you've had, yeah. um, which is what you'd have to do if this were an improvised story, is, like, okay, so what is what does this mean about the world if it's true that these gummy bears have escaped from the bowl, you know? <laughs> um, but it's, like, you when you're confronted with, like, Oh, right. Oh, you're not, we're not playing now. (laughs) Like you're confronted with people from coming from a very different mindset or perspective or different ability level when it comes to kind of going with it, you know? Yeah. It's a funny moment. Those moments where it's like, oh, right, right, this is not. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'll bring it back. Yeah. We're done. We're done. (laughs) Okay, great. I think that one of the biggest things is that improv makes you a really good listener. And so in any conversation or interaction, it like becomes more fun because you're, pay- you're better at paying attention and noticing what is in the thing that your partner just said. Mm-hmm. Um, as a storyteller, I find myself really interested in stories. And so if you're in a conversation with any human being, they are a deep well of stories. Mm-hmm. If you know how to ask questions and you're a good listener, you get to the stories and the, and, the, and you could talk forever. This mate's going on first dates generally pretty easy, right? <laughs> because, you, <laughs> because it's all you have to do. You yeah. know, it's like, great. So worst that happens, you know, the worst that happens is I g- get some stories out of this person mm-hmm. and some character research. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best that happens is, like, we have a great time. But, but at the very least, you know, it's like if you know kind of how to listen and ask questions and whatever, then you're never without a toolkit for great conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and it makes me really. It the other thing that I've noticed is that it makes me really notice when people are not good listeners, or they're not if they if they're somewhere else. If they're like not good at making this connection, at like noticing where I'm at and being where I'm at and be and having us be in the same place together. You know, um, kind of m- like experiencing the same moment like if they're kind of like "Uh, i'm just going to talk at you for a while based on this bank of ideas that i have already discovered and that i keep here so that i can talk about when i (laughs) when i get in the same space as somebody else Mm -hmm. i'm like just way not interested you know it's like i i don't even know if anything's happening here But but I'm so interested in improv and gender because improv is for the most part a, a dude's club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the gen and this is it's changing it's changing slowly but but in general, the kind of classic makeup of an improv group is like five dudes and a girl, right maybe four dudes and a girl yeah. and like you know the the funny dude the wiry glasses wearing dude the big dude the you know what i mean it's like yeah. there's like it's like it's like and the girl who yeah. plays all the girls right <laughs> yeah. who plays the kind of accessories to the men and, and she's rarely the main character of a scene and she's rarely in a scene where she's not in a relationship with one of the men yeah. in the scene yeah. um and if she comes on stage and establishes herself as a main character, a high-status character, she be endowed as a man. You know, I mean, it's like, there's th- this, that interplay is, like, so interesting because there's, like, the ensemble interplay, but then there's the, like, how do we treat your characters on stage interplay. It's, like, mm-hmm. a very interesting thing. I am lucky to play in a company that is 50-50 gender split balanced. Mm-hmm.
2: But that's rare.
0: Super rare. Yeah. Super rare. And there's also a wide range of ages in my company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've grown up in that environment and not n- not personally experienced the... The other, although once I was invited to play, uh, I was passing through a town and I was uh, passing through, knew some improvisers on your there. Horse. On my horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stopped into the saloon, said, Are there improvisers here? Um, and, uh, and some improvisers that I knew were like, Oh, yeah, these three guys were like, Oh, yeah, you can play with us. We just lost our girl. And I was like, What? What do you mean? Like so oh great, is there a job description that I should be able to fill, like that that <laughs> the, the the girl does on your team? Or can yeah. I just be a player, like playing with you? <laughs> or, yeah. You know? Um it was like a really interesting comment. <laughs> we just lost our girl. What happened to her? What the yeah, <laughs> weaver? <leaving? okay? laughs> <laughs> should we go looking? Um, so it's interesting. And at the same time, I think I think well, maybe one of the reasons that historically women haven't stuck around in improv is because dudes can be jerk like can be jerks, and they they are more willing to take asshole behavior from each other than women are willing to take asshole behavior. You know, mm-hmm. so the thing that in my opinion makes improvisers great improvisers is that they're really fun to play with for anybody. Like they're they're good to play with, right? And so it's like there have been blog posts about like how to play with women. Uh, <laughs> makes my skin crawl, or like how to, how to keep women in your ensemble? And I'm like, actually, the like the the thing is not how to play with women. It's like how to be a better player. Like this is about being a good, versatile, attentive player, no matter who yeah. you're playing with. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, yeah, maybe women are less likely to stick around while they're for for the like obnoxious, abusive <laughs> behavior. You know yeah. what I mean? As men are, men are like more willing to kind of yeah. hang in these annoying. Yeah.
1: And um, like being a better player is also being able to deal with a lot of diverse storylines. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure, you know, race is a huge issue
0: in improv. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because but... it's mostly white people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's like important to be able to play with everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And play everything Same. sensitively and truthfully and honestly. Yeah. And
1: yeah. I'm
2: curious if you have, with all of your teaching workshops and communication and improv, if you have one nugget of wisdom or like one of your favorite uh, fundamentals of improv that you'd like to share with our listeners.
0: I think it's that thing that I said earlier, which is like when we are when we are behaving according to the principles of principles of improv, we are behaving in this kind of like deeply truthful, positive, sacred way. So. We should find ways to do that more often. And Can we recap the principles of improv? Yeah, like generosity and boldness and playfulness and flexibility and uh, caring for one another and in- engaging in your own life and in the and in the imaginations and and experiences of other people.
1: You've been listening to The Egg Factory. Hope you enjoyed this week's interview with Lisa Rowland. Find us on eggs4ears.tumblr.com. That's the number four. And while you're there,
2: please let us know what you think. Leave us a note. We really would love to know if there's any cool women
1: in your lives that
2: you think we should interview.
1: Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Also like our Facebook page. Thanks for
2: listening and also for doing all those things that will help us so that we have more listeners. You guys are great.
1: Have a lovely week.